Hey y'all, you're listening to Damsels in Detroit, the podcast all about women from the city that are killing it in their industries. I'm your host, Evan Webb. Each week, I invite a damsel to come on and talk with me about their life, careers, and why Detroit girls do it better. Hey y'all, we're back. Another episode of Damsels in Detroit. This is episode 34, and I'm sitting here with my friend Diamond Johnson of Not Sorry Apparel. So really excited to talk about... um, upcycling and sustainable fashion and all of that fun stuff. So, of course, I'm going to read a little bit about Diamond before we get into our questions. Diamond Johnson is the co-founder and director of Not Sorry Apparel. The entrepreneur moved back to Detroit shortly after graduating from the University of Michigan to launch the unapologetic lifestyle brand. Not Sorry Apparel has a focus on making fashion sustain or on making sustainable fashion affordable, excuse me, and Diamond has built quite the movement. Since 2016, she has rescued thousands of clothes from going to landfills while helping customers reduce their carbon footprint. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. We are fresh off of the Christmas rush, about to go into this new year. Yes. Very 2020. I know. Can't believe it. Went by so quickly. Well, are you ready to get into these questions? Let's do it. Okay. First one. So I know that you um, co-founded Not Sorry Apparel with Jessica. Um, So can you kind of talk about like how you guys met and, you know, how you came up with the idea to start this brand? Yeah, definitely. Uh, So Jessica, hey girl, hey. Hey. (laughs) Uh, She's out of town right now with family. Mm -hmm. Um, So we met, this would have been either early 2016 or Mm -hmm. late 2015. We actually met uh, in Royal Oak um, at a kickboxing studio. Okay. Um, so she was new in town. I was kind of new from being back from Ann Arbor. Right. Um, and we just sort of connected while we were uh, beating the crap out of each other at our <laughs> <laughs> kickboxing class. Uh, so it's definitely an interesting way to like start off our relationship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so after class one day, we just like started hanging out a little bit, started going out to parties sometimes and... Just really built the friendship from there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And from there, I felt like we, just like any couple of friends, always say a couple things that they think are kind of funny or would look good on a shirt. Right. Uh, And for whatever reason, we decided to do it. Uh, So from there, people really liked our first design, Mm -hmm. uh, which we weren't expecting. Uh, So we were like, hmm, maybe we should start a business. Yeah. And then we were... Super naive and started a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's been quite the journey uh, since then. It's been, we're coming up on three years now. Yay. Yeah. So exciting. Um, what was your relationship with fashion before you started the brand? So you went to U of M. Did you have like a art background? Like have you always been into drawing? or None of that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I definitely felt, like, very unqualified uh, (laughs) when starting Not Sorry. Mm -hmm. We uh, just back, her background was uh, more in PR and marketing. Uh, In school, I studied psychology and women's studies. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I can definitely see how that's kind of played a part into what I do now. Uh, But I definitely didn't study fashion. I always was drawn to it, but just really didn't see a pathway for it. Okay, Uh, I didn't think I wanted to be in New York and struggling yeah um i didn't think i wanted to be on project runway and that's pretty much like the scope of fashion that i had yeah especially from being from detroit so Mm -hmm. when we started it i never would even think of uh, myself as an artist or as a designer i was just like 
thought of myself as more of a marketing person mm-hmm. uh, that had like a cool idea. Yeah. And like wanted to brand it. Mm hmm. Uh, so now that has changed a little bit. Yeah. I, I got some credentials now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I did end up going and getting a certification in industrial sewing. Nice. Uh, so I know how to sew um, and sort of got that just, you know, for me. To right. just say like, okay, I didn't go to like a fancy art school, but like I do know like the basics mm-hmm. um, and how to like construct a garment. Okay. And of course, since I did this certification in Michigan, uh, what we were sewing was uh, automotive interior. Okay. Uh, so sometimes you'll see our things and you're wondering, like, where the hell this fabric came from? And it's because I was in this class and we just had boatloads of just automotive, like, seat foam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I took a lot of that with me okay. and learned how to work with all those materials and have implemented that into the brand. Mm-hmm. And where did you go to get your certification? Uh, they have a program at Henry Ford. Okay. Yeah, in Dearborn. Okay. So maybe for somebody that's interested in, like, doing that, like, is there a cost for it? Is it free for people? Like, how does, like, how would someone go and, yeah. like, sign up? Uh, so to do it, I did mine a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time in my life, I was able to um, reap the benefits of a Michigan Works program. Okay. Uh, which I did kind of have to finesse. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure if that's really anything that they allow, mm-hmm. um, just because they barely wanted to give it to me. I was just like super persistent about it and mm-hmm. very adamant about how I was going to use it and um, that type of program. Like they're not looking to create entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more so just looking to get you in the job. Got you. Um, so I know they do have. Um, Funding available for it mm-hmm. outside of that. I'm just not sure what those are. Uh, the cost, I believe, was, I want to say it was under two grand. Okay. And it was a six-week program. Okay. Yeah. And do they offer, I don't know, if you know, like a scholarship or something for some like, or is it like a, you can take out a loan to do this because sometimes people just don't have $2,000 <laughs> to give. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I do believe they have some type of program. Okay. And Michigan Works may still be an option. I'm yeah. not sure. You know, they have a lot of uh, income restrictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that may still be an option. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would just say look into it and mm-hmm. even just looking into alternatives. Because uh, yeah. I don't say, I wouldn't say that you need a piece of paper to, to make you credentialed. Very true. Uh, for me, it helped because, you know, my, my previous credentials were not fashion related mm-hmm. at all. Uh, so for me, I felt like it helped me and I needed that sort of confidence boost and just to be able to bring that sort of those more innovative ideas that I wanted to bring to the table mm-hmm. without like outsourcing to someone else. Right. So for me, it was going to be way cheaper to go through jumping these hoops and hurdles mm-hmm. or even like find the money myself to do this than to like outsource this for as long as, you know, I have this business. Right. So it really depends on what you're looking for and, like, what your goal is. That makes sense. So if you guys are interested in sewing, do your Googles. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know that you guys started off with a lot of screen printing designs. And I know over the past, I'll say, like, year and a half, two years, you've been doing a lot of, like, embroidery and just different things. So do you guys do, like, custom designs for customers? So if I say I want to oh, yes. bring you some jeans or yes. something. Okay. You should definitely bring me some jeans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then is there anything where it's just, like, I'm sorry, I, like, will not or, like, cannot do this? Or it's just, like, I have this crazy idea? idea and I can just give it to you and then you'll try to figure it out 
So I would say we could basically do anything, uh-huh. um, but people primarily like text. Yeah. Text is easiest. Text mm-hmm. is, you know, you don't feel like you need to design something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that's easy for us to do, too. So it's usually more cost effective. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, if you have a design, we can digitize it, mm-hmm. uh, put it into our embroidery machine and make it happen. Yeah. Um, it just really depends on what you want to do, what the actual image is mm-hmm. and uh, just how long it's going to take. Yeah. So did you learn how to do embroidery in that program as well? Or was that something you learned outside of that? Yeah, so learned the embroidery outside of that. Uh, mm-hmm. And primarily just definitely handles that now. Okay. Uh, her and our assistant. Um, so now we've got like a bigger machine. We really just started with the home machine. Yeah. Um, like we started straight from the bottom. Mm-hmm. Like a home sewing machine, home embroidery machine, used uh, Craigslist equipment. Okay. Uh, so a lot of that we still have. And in, definitely in 2020 are working on upgrading some of that uh, but we've already upgraded the embroidery okay uh, just because we saw a need people really like it yeah um, even just around the city other business owners are uh, looking for embroidery mm-hmm. either for uniforms or for merch mm-hmm. um, we can definitely help with that we've done it before and really like to do it um, so f- feel free to hit us up for that shameless yes. plug <laughs> of course I love a shameless plug all the time um, oh excuse me <coughs> it's cold season guys um, so what I love most about the brand is just like the the message of being unapologetically you at all times. <clears throat> so I just want you to kind of tell that story of how you guys came up with the name Not Sorry Apparel and yeah. why it's so important for people to pretty much just implement that mindset in mm-hmm. their lives. Uh, so we came up with this. I still remember the day um, we were sitting at Jessica's kitchen table, mm-hmm. and we just really kept playing with the name Unapologetic because mm-hmm. we didn't exactly know what we were going to do. Uh, we just knew we wanted to be unapologetic about it. We knew we were tired of saying sorry when we weren't sorry. Um, that's what we knew for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from that moment, we just kept trying to break it down like, hey, how can we say unapologetic without being like such a big word? Because to me, I just couldn't really see like oh, I love this unapologetic brand, blah, 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 like as the actual name. So I was like, we got to make it simple for people. Right. And then we just came up with not sorry. And we just sat with that for like a day. We were like, okay, it's available online. Mm -hmm. It's available as an LLC. Let's just do it. Um, So we didn't really overthink it once we came to it, which was good. And from there, I just started using it as a mantra. Mm -hmm. Uh, So anytime I'm like not sure about something, I really have to check myself and say, hey, like, why? Because mm-hmm. if I'm just being me and I'm being authentic and, like, this is what I want to do, uh, then I should be not sorry about it. Yeah. You know, like, I don't need to hold myself back. Right. Um, trying to think about how someone else is going to feel about it, mm-hmm. how someone else is going to perceive it. Right. Um, there's nothing I can do about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've tried to implement that into the brand and really just highlight people that maybe don't feel as included. Uh, With all the other brands. Mm -hmm. So how long would you say it took you to get to that point in your life where you did have that realization of like, I cannot control how other people feel. Somebody like me, I I feel a lot and I wish I did not feel so much. I'm very like, I don't know, like in tune with like body language (laughs) and like tone of voice. Like if somebody is texting me like with a bunch of periods, I'm like, are you upset? Like... (laughs) 
<laughs> where's the exclamation like, point? Let's analyze this. Let's talk about it. <laughs> um, so I think that that's something that I definitely struggle with. Yeah. Um, have always, and I'm still, like, I realize now, it's like, you need to stop feeling this way. <laughs> but it's very hard for me. So how long? That's growth. Yeah, growth. <laughs> um, but when, can you think of a moment where you kind of like, where the light bulb went off and you're like, I'm yeah. not sorry. <laughs> so actually I can, and I really need to revisit this mm-hmm. um, in the new year, like right away. Um, there's this book called The Mastery of Love. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a friend gave it to me, and I didn't really read it for, like, a long time. And for whatever reason, when that friendship ended, I read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole book was actually about self-love. So okay. I think that's why I never read it initially. Okay. Because I was like, I don't care about love. I'm out here. Yeah. I'm living my best <laughs> single life. <laughs> uh, so really, that book was definitely a changing moment for mm-hmm. me. This was probably um, early 2017. Okay. And I just realized uh, the book goes super in-depth with it, um, but it's easy to read. So mm-hmm. I definitely recommend it. Uh, I believe the the author is Renee Ruiz. Okay. Um, So he has a lot of books out. Um, This is my favorite. And a lot of what he talks about in the book, and he says, he has an example where he's like, um, in a relationship, it's not your partner's responsibility uh, to make you happy. Right. Or, like, make you feel any kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, when you're having a... Me and you are having this conversation right now. Mm-hmm. I'm perceiving it one way. Right. You're perceiving it one way. Right. And the audio tech is receiving it one way. Yeah. Um, and I can't control how that's being perceived because right. of what they've experienced. Mm-hmm. So not every reaction... Most reactions are not even about you. Right. Uh, so he talks about that in the book, and that just kind of freed me. Mm-hmm. And I think I just thought about all my experiences as like a black woman right and especially being a black woman in like so many white spaces and it just I kind of like had to let it let that shit go Mm -hmm. for lack of better words Mm -hmm. and just had to be like hey there are so many reasons why people are going to perceive something from me that I'm not getting right that I can't control yeah and a large part of it is because of this body that I'm in Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm happy with it and I can still make my way so why do I care? Yeah. Because there's literally nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can sit here and be mad, but for what? Yeah. I'm not going to get the result I want. That is a TED talk, okay? <laughs> Thank you, Diamond. Yes, we highly recommend. Talk. And I need to reread it myself. Mm-hmm. It's been a couple years, and I can even tell, like, why I just feel some kind of way sometimes. Yeah. Like, I need a reminder mm-hmm. about, like, why I don't have to feel that way. Right. Okay. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) Well, my other favorite thing is that you all upcycle clothing um, and the conversations around sustainability are, I feel like they're more prominent now. I think people are starting to realize like, okay, we're kind of messing up the earth (laughs) in different ways. And so I know on your website, um, you guys have that fashion is the number two pollutant in the world behind oil. And I don't think that people think about that all the time. I know we talk a lot about like plastic and, Mm -hmm. and glass and things like that, but think about how many clothes you buy. You don't wear Mm -hmm. them. And I try to donate what I can, but like, what if Goodwill can't get rid of them or like what happens? Some people literally throw their clothing in the trash Mm -hmm. and it's not, those are not biodegradable fibers. Yeah. So I just want you to kind of tell me a little bit about, like, have you always been very conscious about sustainability? Um, did you guys know from Jump, like, okay, we want this brand to be 
sustainable we want to do like upcycle clothing or did you initially want to do like all new pieces yeah so definitely origin originally I kind of had an idea of sustainability mm-hmm. um but for me I thought sustainability was manufacturing at home and um I just had a different scope of it mm-hmm. uh so once we started we did do uh light manufacturing okay. uh, and this is before we even had equipment so yeah. we did outsource it uh to Detroit zone mm-hmm. um so we did it all, did the whole shebang, and the main thing we realized is how expensive it is. Uh, so even though we're doing something locally, it's <clears> expensive. <throat> uh, we're sh- importing in mm-hmm. all the materials, uh, and then we have to pass along all those costs to our customers. Right. Uh, so those are original line items. Like Definitely people like them, and some people purchase them, mm-hmm. uh, but the price point was just high. And yeah. you know, me and my partner look at each other like, will we really pay this? And we were just like, yeah, probably not. Mm-hmm. So I had always been an avid thrifter. Um, like my high school was like right by a Salvation Army. Okay. Uh, so like me and my friend, we go there and, you know, I just been thrifting since I was pretty young. So before I would say maybe our second pop up ever, mm-hmm. I was like, let me go to the thrift because I need some shorts. Right. And then I saw something kind of similar to what we had made. And then I just put our design on there because mm-hmm. I was like. Let me see. It looks kind of similar, but like it was a lot cheaper and right. there's only one. And yeah, I don't know how we would do this, but let's just see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I brought it with us and that was the only thing we sold that day. Okay. Uh, so after that, we did all of our research and we're like, hey, this fashion thing is like an issue. Yeah. Like pretty big. Um, And, you know, people are susceptible to that, mm-hmm. um, especially here in the city, I think. Uh, just as you think about long term and. You know, it's usually the people that don't necessarily have the finances that end up in these, you know, poor environmental conditions. Mm -hmm. Uh, So start doing the research, uh, learned, like you said, fashion number two pollutant behind oil. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. Um, Even just learning about the secondhand industry, uh, a lot of the clothes that maybe don't get sold Mm -hmm. um, or that don't get burnt here, you know, they're shipped off somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, So that prevents those countries from developing uh, their own, you know, economy Mm -hmm. because they're still, you know, waiting for us to send over our like horrible clothes. Right. Um, And then depending on where you are in that chain, by the time the clothes make it to you, they may have disintegrated. Okay. Uh, depending on which brand. Okay. Um, so just learning about all that, uh, learning about how a lot of those, you know, sort of boxes yeah. you see in um, like a parking lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of those are for profit. Uh, they sell those overseas. Okay. Um, so I just realized there was a lot, a lot more research to do. Mm-hmm. And then in that time, I felt like there weren't as many affordable, sustainable yeah. people out there. It's expensive. Yeah, at least um, I would say I would say I've definitely seen more brands pop up mm-hmm. uh, that are doing a good job on price point. But okay. definitely when we started, I wasn't seeing as many, and I definitely weren't seeing any black ones. Yeah. Um. So that just made me realize, hey, you can't punish people for not being able to afford your exactly one hundred percent sustainable right fashion initiative. Mm-hmm. Like, what can I do that is also sustainable? That's still cool. Uh, that's still providing value that's mm-hmm. making an impact. Yeah. And that's how we started upcycling. 
Love it. I didn't know that those um, donation boxes and, like, the gas station parking lots and stuff were for profit. I think I've dropped something off, like, one time, but that was because, like, I absolutely needed it. Yeah, I mean, we all have because it's so convenient. Right. Um, And don't get me, do your research. Mm -hmm. There are some out there that aren't. Okay. I'm just saying overall. Most of them. uh, Most of them will be for profit once you start looking into it. Yeah. Or, like, even try, like, clothing swaps or, like, I sell some of my stuff on Instagram. Yeah. And it works. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot more upcycling brands pop up, and I think it's awesome because Mm I know for sure, like, there are that many clothes out there. Yeah. You know, people ask me all the time, like, how do you find these? And I'm like, what do you mean? They're, like, falling out the sky. Right. Like, it's infinite. Yeah. (laughs) Because, I mean, you think about how quickly, like, I mean, some people definitely shop for trends and you Mm -hmm. think about how long those trends last like okay off the shoulder tops we were on that for like what a couple months yeah and now it's like okay you have one in your closet so you're like i'm not gonna wear this anymore because it's not cute or it's not in so then you i mean either you just let it sit there or you like i said some people throw their stuff away or Mm -hmm. yeah so i don't think you push it on someone else who doesn't want it right (laughs) start the cycle again yes um, I'm probably guilty of pushing. I'm like, just take it, just take it. You'll figure it out. You like it? Yeah, it's cool. Um, but I love that you guys are just really making a difference. Cause and then all of your pieces are like one of one, pretty much too. So that like gives you some type of. Well, I know like I have some of your things in my favorite, my jacket, my denim jacket. Yes. I always get compliments on you it. You have that cute jacket. Yes, I wear it all the time. <laughs> like in the summer, I'm like I stay in that jacket. Yes. Yeah. I love that jacket. Me too. I was just like, I'm so glad that I'm the one that has I this. I feel like it was my child and it went to a good home and I get to see it. And yes. It's all great. Yes. Well, that goes into a segue because um, on the back of my jacket, guys, it says Detroit, not sorry. And that is what people really like stop me and they're just like, I love this jacket. Like, where did you get this from? Like, if I had a dollar for every time I wore that and somebody asked me. Who made it? I'm like, I would be rich. Um, Can I have a quarter off that dollar? Of course. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Um, But the phrase is just so simple. And like you said, like you guys didn't want to come up with something that was like super long and you wanted to be catchy and just like, dang, I get it. Detroit, Mm -hmm. not sorry. Um, But what about the city inspires you? Ooh, I would say the people. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a very resilient place. Yeah. and I remember even before starting Not Sorry Apparel, I was saving my money to move to L.A., honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for whatever reason, I went to New York. I don't even remember why. But I just remember when I got there thinking, why is everybody trying to be like Detroit? Yeah. And then I thought back to my experience in L.A. and I'm like, what really? Like, I had saved a little bit of money, but mm-hmm. I'm like, what can that? what is that really going to get me in L.A.? Okay. Versus like here when you think about long term. Right. Not just like, oh, I want to go and... I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to have fun. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool and all, but that was just not where I was at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember coming home after that New York trip and just being at like a fun party. All my friends were around and me and Jess just kind of looked at each other like, I'm all in. Like, are you? Mm-hmm. And from that moment, it's just been, we're here, like we're staying. And I just love that about the city. The yeah. people like you. Can't find Thanks. any place realer, mm-hmm. you know? Like, people tell me how they feel about the brand all the time. Mm-hmm. Unsolicited. Yeah. 
Uh, but I love that because that's what you want from a brand. You want people that love it and hate it. Yeah. And you want people, um, you want to know how they feel. Right. In Detroit, they tell you how they feel. Yes, we do. <laughs> right away. <laughs> we are good for that. Yes. Um, so besides upcycling with the brand, what other ways do you personally try to reduce your carbon footprint? Yeah. Um, so I'm really big. First of all, clothes. Um, so a lot of people are like, oh, you're always in Nastari apparel. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, that's true. Right. Um, duh. Why would I not be? <laughs> Branding. Yes. <laughs> uh, I also like our clothes a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But even my friends, you know, vintage shops, uh, thrifting, I still do that. Um like, I find it very difficult to just go out and buy something completely new mm-hmm. um, just because I know the impact it's having. Right. Um, so I definitely bring that work home. Um, it's also, even just recycling, like, it's so simple, mm-hmm. but I see people throwing away plastic all the time. Yeah. And I kind of just want to walk around and, like, start picking it up mm-hmm. and be, like, the weird bag lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so those are some ways I do it personally and just, you know, talking about it with other people. Mm-hmm. You know, most people don't realize, oh, like this something I bought has like a big impact and like I don't even care about it. Mm-hmm. I just liked it because it was three dollars. Right. So like really just being cautious of where you're spending your money because mm-hmm. uh, that has a lot to do with creating a sustainable economy. Yeah. You know, I try to make sure I'm buying as local as possible mm-hmm. from friends if possible. Um, just trying to keep the dollar circulating because mm-hmm. that's really true sustainability. Yeah. Um, do you have some favorite thrift stores that you go to? Ooh. <laughs> um, actually going to name some that are the one that's uh, in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, Montreal, Canada. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, highly recommend it, though. It's a super cute shop. It's like in the old building has multiple layers, and they have, like, a coffee shop. You mm-hmm. can eat lunch in there. Uh, so I just really like that idea of having um, food and clothing and then having it all be vintage and sustainable mm-hmm. uh, in one spot. I still love going to, like, the Salvos, the Goodwills. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to, like, still be cognizant of, like, where I'm spending that money because each organization, you know, still, yeah. you'll find things once you start doing research. Yeah. Um but yeah, I would say those are those are my favorites. And uh-huh. then just uh, Flamingo Vintage, I'll mm-hmm. plug too. Um, she's in Southwest Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, super great items, great price point. Uh, so I love buying from her too. And I love just going through my own closet or going through my friend's closet. Yeah, I'm just like, mm, do you even wear this? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no. I'm like, Thanks, <laughs> new outfit. So okay, <laughs> two questions off of there. One. Do you take donations from customers? So if we have bags of clothing. Okay. Okay. Definitely. Cool. Yeah. And we do offer a discount in exchange for that too. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. And then two, when you're out thrifting for the brand, are there certain things, like is there a criteria that certain pieces have to meet? Uh, Yeah. So quality is very important. Mm -hmm. Um, So we do a lot of mending, which people don't realize. Uh, but we fix a lot of things before we put them back. Okay. Uh, so it's important for us to, like, watch what we grab. Cause, right. Um, then you're spending, like, way too much time in production. Mm-hmm. Um, so just that business element of being more systematic, more practical. Um, we'll buy things that are stained, but it's like, hey, where is the stain? Mm-hmm. Like, can we cut it off? Is it going to, like, take too long to okay. flip it? Um, so all those questions start becoming really important. And then even just sizing, Mm -hmm. um, do we have enough variety? 
Um, and then the seasons. Uh, so all those play a factor um, when we're sourcing. Mm-hmm. So the next step for us will be um, really just sourcing um, at a larger scale mm-hmm. and, you know, doing it, you know, by the payload instead of per item or per donation. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely that will still be involved, but we're definitely going to be moving to just doing everything a little bit bigger. Okay. Uh, just to scale the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are starting to get more hip to it. Um, so now people are like, hey, I like that red flannel you have. Do you have anything similar? Okay. Um, and we're at the point where now the answer needs to be yes. Okay. Got you. <laughs> I do have something similar. Like, yeah. Check here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever upcycled a piece more than once? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so one thing that's unique about what we do is we don't give away our bag stock. Okay. Um, most companies, you know, they sell it to like your Marshalls or your mm-hmm. TJ Maxx or... Uh, give it to uh, Salvo or Goodwill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that you're calling Salvation Army Salvo. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everyone does, but honestly, it's probably just me. And I'm just talking to myself all day, so I don't know the difference. <laughs> uh, so a lot of a lot of places have those relationships built um, where, yeah, we could dump it back at Salvo, but for what? Mm-hmm. So we just keep it. Uh, we do a big secure the bag sale. Uh, we're, we do it. I would say biannually now. Okay. So the next one will be in January or February. Mm-hmm. Uh, you purchase a tote bag from us. Mm-hmm. I think you have one of our I do. tote bags. Yeah. So if you have your tote bag, it's only 35 mm-hmm. Bring it with you. Fill it up with as much as you want. Okay. Uh, so that's one way we get rid of our bag stock, have a fun event, and just let people shop for the low low. Because mm-hmm. uh, whatever you can fit in there, like we're not going to say no. Like mm-hmm. if you can fit a fur in there, take it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've seen people do that. Mm-hmm. And then... Anything else, we just cut it apart. We're okay. like, okay, now you're a patch. Right. Um, now you're this. Now you're a sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, we just keep breaking it down until it's gone. Okay. And even the little strings, we have those too. Mm-hmm. And we just keep them in containers for now. Yeah. Uh, but long term, we want someone to do some kind of art installation once we have a whole lot of them. That would be sweet. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, who are some people that are authentically and unapologetically themselves that you admire? Ooh, this is a good question. Thanks. Man, I didn't think of this before I came here. I'm always like, I wonder what they're going to ask me. Let yeah. me prepare. I um, never tell people what I'm going to ask them. I guess I should start. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess the one that just comes off rip, uh, Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Rihanna. I've loved her since, like, junior year of high school. Yeah. As soon as she did the short, like, dark hair. Yeah. Ever since then, mm-hmm. idol. Yes, honestly. <laughs> Fashion uh, icon. Like, I stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would just say, um, just to not pick favorites, I'm going to say all of my brand ambassadors. Okay. Um, we have a really good program, and people want to be a part of it and wear our clothes and just post about it and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really appreciate them, and they are all just doing super cool things and always put together, like, you know, looks that I wouldn't have even thought of. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're just out here being themselves. You know, a lot of them are younger than me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm like, whoo. Yeah. I want to be out there, but I'm not that out (laughs) there Like, this is what the youth are doing now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's been really uh, fun to see. Like, they inspire me every day. Mm -hmm. Love it. Who, um, actually, just kidding. What are some of your favorite designs that you've created? And what is the coolest thing that you've ever found at a thrift store? Ooh. Hmm. I would say one of the coolest, coolest thing we've ever created. Um, 
This customer actually stopped by the shop yesterday. She mm-hmm. bought it for her husband. It was a denim button-up, but we took some camo fabric and we cut out, um, it was like this ratty Jordan uh, mm-hmm. jersey. We cut okay. out his name. We cut out the numbers. We stitched the name and numbers onto the camo, mm-hmm. stitched the camo onto the back of the denim button-up. Okay. Uh, so this customer, like, frequents the shop, and every time I see them, they just talk about, like, how epic it is and mm-hmm. uh, how their husband loves it and how Aww. they still have it. Um, so I really love that, and that definitely just stands out to me today. Mm-hmm. Um I forgot what your other question was. My other one was the coolest <laughs> thing that you've ever found at a thrift store, whether you've kept Ooh. it for yourself or used it for the brand. I love a uh, a good coat. Mm-hmm. I found some really good coats. Um, I'm I'm very good at you know just giving things to the brand. Mm-hmm. So I usually wait. Like I'll put things out that I really like, but I usually just wait because mm-hmm. I wanted to go to a good home. But I'm also learning. Not everyone loves what I really love. Yes. So, you know, sometimes I'll be waiting for someone to take it. Mm-hmm. No one is even hype about it. Right. And it's and like, you like, don't see this coat? I'm Look like, at this coat. I'll just take this a month later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I would say that's my favorite, finding a good fur, mm-hmm. um, especially finding a real one. Just get a nice little yeah. adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I found some good coats at thrift stores, too. I found this really nice, like, super long pea coat. Ooh. Um, a couple years ago, I only paid like thirteen dollars for nice. it. It was so. I mean, it basically was new. Yeah, it was beautiful. I a still lot have of things it. Are. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, and I feel like the wool is so much better. Oh um, yeah, when you're looking through the wool coats, there mm-hmm. they are all manufactured well. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things I talk about with the brand a lot is like, hey, you know, for people that aren't on board with secondhand, mm-hmm. for the most part, it's higher quality than what you can buy today. Absolutely. So like, you're not wasting your money. Right. No, you're definitely, I mean, it's definitely an investment. Um, fast fashion sometimes freaks me out. Like, <laughs> and I yes. still shop, I mean, I still shop at certain places, but like, and I look at like how quickly Fashion Nova like turns around designs, mm-hmm. like somebody will have on a dress and then literally the next day they'll yeah. have a similar one up on their website. I'm like, that's not scary to y'all because yeah. that is scary to me because you think about like, Somebody who is probably not getting paid very well. Mm-hmm. Um, multiple people. That multiple weren't. people. Yeah. Yeah. Had to sit up for how many, however many hours and make millions of these dresses mm-hmm. so that people could order them online. And it's like, that sucks. Yeah. It's Just to cool. take a picture on Instagram. Yeah. Right. A dress that you're going to wear yeah. maybe a couple times and then it's going to end up in this landfill. So yeah. You hate to see it. You hate to see it, Ain't you know. You. Definitely try to encourage people to just, hey, you got a repeat outfit on. That's cute, though. Mm-hmm. So repeat it. More yeah. people need to see it. Yeah. It's okay. I know. I used to be that person. Like, I don't want to wear this more than once. But I'm like, girl, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Are you okay? It doesn't make sense. But now whenever I repeat an outfit, I think um, of the Lizzie McGuire movie. When was her, what was her name? Kate? Yes, the mean girl told Lizzie McGuire at their graduation, like, Lizzie McGuire, you're an outfit repeater. <laughs> That's what I say in my head. But I'm like, but it's okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love that. I'm about to go find that meme. When yes, I get home. please. Or go watch the movie if you have Disney+. Plus. It happens in, like, the first 10 minutes, and then you okay. can turn it off. Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. <laughs> so I have a couple more before we're done. Um, when you think about the future of Not Sorry Apparel, where do mm-hmm. you want it to go? So we can think long term, like 10, 15, or we can think short term, like five. Okay. 
I'm like, you, you're like, my short term is five years. So you're like, what's your long term in five years? <laughs> well, no, I didn't mean short term, like five. <laughs> uh, so I would say what's next uh, specifically related to Detroit is um, definitely want to be the brand, uh, the Detroit brand that's associated with upcycling, that's associated with being eco-friendly and mm-hmm. conscious and affordable. Um, but it's also important for me to include other brands in that. Yeah. Uh, so for me, a space is really important. Um, right now we've been in some like semi-permanent pop-ups, mm-hmm. uh, which they're doing well. Uh, right now we're in the Rust Belt Market in Ferndale, and then we're still doing all our manufacturing uh, in Pony Ride and um, Core City, mm-hmm. uh, Detroit. So. Uh, that's still happening, uh, but as we we're already getting you know bigger, there's more clothes, um, more inventory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're kind of like and eh, trying to figure out what are we gonna do about space, right? Uh, so for us, like ownership has become like a very important conversation, mm-hmm. uh, especially just looking at the market in Detroit. Um, I'm sure you've read the stories and seen the headlines. Plenty of businesses that have you know been tenured tenants and you know now they're gone mm-hmm. um so we know how much work it takes to get foot traffic right into a specific space mm-hmm. uh so we want to make sure that when we make that leap um we've definitely got more control uh, can bring more people in um to like help us and to help them sustain uh, so we're definitely open to areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say the only area we're probably not looking at is downtown. Okay. Um, it's kind of expensive. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I just feel like it's not really our client base. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I feel like our clients are more so um, in between that Metro Detroit area mm-hmm. um, and Hamtramck, like okay. North End, New Center. Uh, so I would say New Center, been looking at properties over there and then looking on um, the Avenue of Fashion, mm-hmm. uh, Livernoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely more of a long-term play right. over there. Uh, but that's sort of like where we're at is figuring out how much do we want to invest in short-term versus long-term. Okay. Because we can keep paying rent, you know, right? as long as we want. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just need to figure out what's going to be most sustainable. Right. And how can we put together our studio and our shop. Mm-hmm. that's the one thing we haven't had yet okay it's always been separate okay um so people really like to see how their clothes are made we want to be transparent about what we're doing mm-hmm. uh so we would love you know hey the front is maybe a shop but you can see through of how we're making everything yeah. you can get something custom right there um even <laughs> i have this crazy idea of like chipotle mm-hmm. um but it's clothes so, okay. like, you just bring it to me. We go down the line. Mm-hmm. You want red. You want blue. You want embroidery. <laughs> All right. Like, you're done. That would be so cute. Right? <laughs> it's probably a better, like, pop-up idea than mm-hmm. a sustainable idea. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, yeah, just being able to really own our space and control what we do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, five-term, five being synonymous with Detroit and upcycled and eco-friendly. Uh, Ten-year, definitely in our own space. Okay. Um. And, you know, helping other business owners do the same. Cool. Um, We actually already asked this question. We'll answer that one. Um, But what does it mean for you? Wait, just kidding. Before I ask you that. So, again, just um, remind people of where they can come shop. You said Rust Belt Market. Rust Belt Market. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we are inside Pony Ride. Okay. Uh, So this is now off of Grand River. Um, 
on Lorraine Street. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you all are familiar with Pony Ride. Definitely look them up. It's basically a, a co-working manufacturing space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forgot to include in my list of goals. I don't know how I forgot. Um, um, it's very important, and we really want to get a... Uh, it's a machine called New Cycle. Mm-hmm. And basically, you can take uh, old threads and make them into new ones. Okay. Uh, so called closed loop sourcing basically there's no like waste ever uh so that's really expensive and i would say that's definitely more of like short-term plan Mm -hmm. um just to be able to bring that technology to detroit not only for us but anyone that wants to be a part of the sustainable fashion movement Mm -hmm. cool all right i'm done ranting now (laughs) (laughs) no you're fine um what does it mean for you to be a damsel in detroit Ooh. I would just, it's back to the hustle again, mm-hmm. you know? I feel like I don't know any damsels in Detroit that are not out here working. Mm-hmm. And usually when I see them, it's because we're working. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like right now. No. Yes, hustling. <laughs> uh, so that's what I think about. And, you know, that's kind of what grounds me because it's not just me. And mm-hmm. what I'm doing is not just for me either. Right. Um. You know, it's for People that are looking at us, you know, Mm -hmm. that want to do that in the future or ideally do something grander, you know, Uh, that's really the the goal here. Mm -hmm. So I love what you're doing with the podcast and all the damsels I've been listening and I'm getting some good tips. Thanks. That's really all I want. Like I said, I always say I just want people to like listen and then feel like they can talk to you. Yeah. Um, cause I feel like we're all very attainable and very like kind yeah. and just want to help other people, at least the people I've had on the show so far. That's but, how I feel too. Yeah. I think, um, what you're looking for is looking for you. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, open and, you know, want to make more connections, then mm-hmm. they happen. Especially they here. Yeah, for sure. Um, and lastly, how can people connect with you on social and on the web? All right. Well, follow uh, the brand at Not Sorry Apparel. Mm-hmm. You can shop online also at NotSorryApparel.com. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You can also shop uh, Friday through Sunday at the Rust Belt Market in Ferndale off Woodford and Nine Mile. Uh, additionally, if none of that works for you, hit us up. We do do private shopping. Oh, uh, fun. So, yeah, you can come by when it's convenient for you. Sort mm-hmm. of look through um, all of our inventory and just have, like, a more leisurely experience. If you want to connect with me, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at bigbossdiamond.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you for coming. Yay. Thank I, you for having me. I had fun. I hope you had fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. You know, I'm already working on my public speaking now. You did great. Because I'm here on a microphone, <laughs> so I consider this public. <laughs> oh, it is. Um, that's funny, because I'm doing a, uh, I'm going to be on a panel on the 3rd. Okay. Um. And I don't know, I'm not nervous, but I'm always just like, I hope what I'm saying makes sense. Because yeah. sometimes I feel like I'm not good at explaining things. So I'm like, it made sense in my head. And yeah. then I started talking out loud and maybe people don't get it. I don't yeah. know. But this has definitely <laughs> been great practice for me. Yeah. So <laughs> And I like it a lot too, just because uh, I've been feeling, you know, hey, I'm always working, don't really have those personal connections mm-hmm. uh, that I would like to have sometimes, you know. Yeah. And you can listen to the podcast and... Mm-hmm. You know, not only feel like you have it, but also like, hey, I could probably reach out to her and like connect. And, yeah. You know, that's what we all need. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. And thanks y'all for listening. Um, as always, I want you to remember that Detroit Girls do it better and we'll be back next week. Happy New Year in advance. Um, 2020 is going to be a good one. But bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>